Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast, where we talk about training and life. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast. This is episode 39 on September 15. I'm Hayden, and we are, geez, what are we, like three days away, one, two, three days away from Ironman, Maryland, and uh, unfortunately, I'm here, (laughs) I'm here by myself today, Um, Mitch is actually doing something really cool, Mitch is on, Mitch is on a little trip um, hunting, and I'm going to share, I'm going to share what he sent me, because he just did an awesome workout. Um, unfortunately, I'm by myself because he has a horrible internet connection where he's at, and that was kind of unplanned by by both of us. Um, and it it just kind of is what it is. Um, we really we both wanted to get this um, race prep episode out, the Ironman Maryland race uh, race prep episode, and um, you know. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it by myself, but I know that last time we had a race prep episode, uh, it seemed to get a lot of good traction. So um, I thought it would be nice to get this out. I wanted to get it out for my own self, selfishly. And then, um, you know, I know that you guys like listening to that stuff. So here we are, Ironman Maryland race prep three days away. Prior to that discussion, I do want to share what Mitch did because he did a freaking awesome workout. So he's in the woods somewhere. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I don't even remember where he's at, but he ran six miles or pretty darn close to a 10K at a 9.15 pace, right? Not not crazy fast at all, right? Um, oh, there he is, South Carolina, he said. And he did it in the dark. He did it at 10 p.m. He's hunting at a camp in the pitch black. He ran a 10K. Oh, and not in sneakers, in boots. So I'm giving credit where where it's deserved. Mitch just freaking smoked that workout. Um, his his running and his cardio is really is really um, taking a nice step forward. It's kind of it's cool to see. So. Um, if you guys are interested in that or want to hear more about it, we'll be talking about that next time we, we get on a cast together, which again, this is very abnormal that I'm by myself, but, um, again, we wanted to get this out. I wanted to get it out myself as well. So anyways, if you're following along, thank you. This is episode 39. Um, you guys can find and access all of our other episodes, uh, through our website, hillpursuit.com. Um, we have a daily, um, health and fitness and training blog where we just kind of post any and everything that's happening in our own lives and our own training. Um, I've kind of been hijacking that lately since I'm so close to this Ironman, but Mitch gives his fair share as well. So please check that out, that blog. Um, You can check out all other podcast episodes, which stream on Spotify, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. So be sure to check that out. Um, You can also send us an email at hillpursuit at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, have a conversation, ask some questions. And then lastly, um, if you're interested in following us, uh, check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, at Hill Pursuit. Really cool stuff going on. We actually just eclipsed one full year of Hill Pursuit, which is so cool. So um, 
you know, we're, we're doing this. We, we kind of started this selfishly. So we'd be able to, um, talk with one another more regularly because we're good friends and it's, you know, we hadn't been doing that and, and we both like to talk shop and talk about training. So that's kind of why this whole thing started, but it kind of turned into a little bit of a community and, you know, it's, that's a credit to you guys that we still have the motivation to, you know, throw up a blog every day and, and try to get a weekly podcast out. So yeah, we just crossed a full year of Hill Pursuit and, um, we haven't crossed a full year of the podcast yet, but that's, you know, that's actually the very end of 2021 will be a full year. So we still have plenty of episodes coming. We don't plan on slowing down. So continue to follow us and check all of our stuff out. And we would really appreciate that. So on to race prep. If you, if you stuck with me through the intro, let's talk about Ironman Maryland. It's coming up in three days. And I am feeling really, really excited. Um, I've been, you know, I'm doing the, I'm on a two week taper now and I'm, um, I, I planned a two week taper with my coach and I've been following it religiously and I'm, I'm physically feeling very, very good. Um, I'm a little stressed because work has been a little bit stressful, um, just with the whole new job and everything. And, um, if you remember, what was it? Two weeks ago now, I actually ended up getting the flu in my last build week of, um, of this prep. So it's screwed up about four or five, four, probably four days, maybe five of my training in the sense that I missed two in a row. It, um, the one that I didn't miss prior to those two sessions was not a good session. And I had to pull back because I wasn't feeling great. So that screwed up one session. I missed the next two. And then I had to definitely, I had to like big time adjust my volume for the subsequent two sessions. So um, mentally it was a little bit of a downer because I was looking forward to almost a hundred mile bike ride uh, for my last big ride. And then, you know, probably upwards of 18 ish miles, maybe for my last big run and, you know, had to, <laughs> had to adjust and, um, you know, life threw me a little bit of a curveball. thought I had COVID. Thank God I didn't, but when you have the flu, it affects your training. So, um, I just, it, it was just, it's a speed bump in the road and that's part of my journey. So, um, I, I essentially just started my taper about five days early and instead of a two week, it was a two week, five day, two week, four day, somewhere in there taper. And, um, like I said, I'm feeling great now and mentally I'm, I'm just ecstatic. I can't believe I'm even doing this. Um, sometimes I sit back and think that I'm crazy and, you know, I've had my last couple workouts recently. I had my last big run a few days ago. I had my last swim this morning. I had my last ride yesterday. And it's like, when those moments are happening, I really feel you know, I look back at almost 10 months of consecutive training, you know, almost no days off, less than five days off over the course of 10 months. And, um, you know, and I'll, I'll first, I'll take a little, a little sidecar here. The reason that is, is because my coach is very intelligent with his program design. Um, 
he and I communicate regularly. So if, if I'm feeling a certain way, he knows how to adjust for me. And um, that is really exciting to me to just think that I've found a coach that can work with me individually the way that he does. It's just very, very lucky. I feel very lucky. And um, looking back on the, you know, the 10 months of training for this specific race, it's like, um, <laughs> I, I'm just in disbelief that, you know, it's not over for me, but um, the training has been a lot. And I, I, you know, I'll be honest, I feel pretty accomplished already without even having raced. So I'm really happy with my fitness. I love the sport of triathlon. Um, and I'm just, I'm just ready to go. I'm ready to go. So let's talk about this race a little bit. All right. So as I'm recording, it's actually Wednesday evening, five, six o'clock. And I have everything set out to pack. I have not packed, but I have organized everything. Um, my nutrition for um, the next couple of days, my food for the next couple of days, including a little bit of a carb load, which I'm going to assist with some seafood tomorrow, which I'm looking forward to. But um, I have all my food ready. I have my nutrition ready for the race. I have all my clothes ready. I just got a, I just got a Pittsburgh triathlon um, tri kit and I'm just stoked about it. I ran in it this morning. It feels great. Fits great. And I'm really, really excited to have essentially like a, a team Jersey to, um, to race in. And, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, anyways, um, we're leaving tomorrow pretty early. My wife and I are going, um, probably seven, eight o'clock because we have about a seven hour trip and, I have to check in and then I have to choose my bike check-in for Friday. And, um, there's a lot to do in a short amount of time. So, uh, yep. Leaving early tomorrow. And, um, you know, I imagine for the rate for race day, I'll, I'll wake up probably two or three hours before the race, which, you know, of course means I'll be awake for a very long time on Saturday, but, um, you know, two hours before the race, two and a half hours, make sure I'm getting my, my, um, last minute nutrition in and getting my food in and preparing and getting my coffee and just kind of settling and meditating on the day. And, um, you know, transition opens in the morning, um, like an hour before the race starts. So it gives you tons of time to check your wheels, check, your, um, check your tire pressure, make sure you have everything you need. And what's, what's weird about this for me, and I've never experienced this before, but it's, kind of exciting it's different is um there's actually nothing in transition except your bike not even your shoes not your helmet which apparently is a very normal thing for iron man but um it's a little different for me so that's one thing that i'm gonna have to kind of adapt to and figure out on the fly is there's essentially there's a transition bag um there's a t1 bag so you come out of the water you grab your t1 bag change everything if there's if it's wetsuit legal you pull your wetsuit off and put it in that bag and then you head to transition to get your bike um so it's a little different then you come back to transition rack your bike and then you go grab your bag before you head out on the run so i'm not used to that um but it seems pretty straightforward i don't i don't foresee any big issues um so 
I will have to plan a little bit better to make sure I have it, absolutely everything I need in those bags, but um, I'll work through that when I kind of talk about the race itself. So let me, let me just jump right to the race. I mean, if you guys have questions or think I'm missing anything or skipping anything, or you want to know what I'm doing <laughs> in the, in the exact hour before the race, you know, let me know, give me a question or something, but I'm just going to jump right to the, right to the race. So, um, my understanding is, uh, the race starts at like six 30 or six 45. And the first group gets called over around six ten or six 15. And those are the people that expect to swim in what was it in, in like an hour, hour or under, which for me is just ludicrous. It's not going to happen. So I can't swim that fast. I can't even think that fast. I can't add meters that fast, not happening. <laughs> so <clears throat> it's not going to be smart for me to join that group because I'll be uh, surrounded by people who will probably just swim right on top of me and, and drown me. But, um, I'm probably going to self-select into the next group, uh, which is going to be an hour to an hour 20. Um, even if it's an hour to hour 10, I'll probably still throw myself in the second group because I don't want to be waiting for 40 minutes to get in the water. Once the race starts, I, I definitely want to get in. Um, I'll backtrack here. Some um, there's been some recent recordings of the temp, the water temp. And um, it's, it seems like it's going to be like 50, 50 on whether or not it's wetsuit legal. So the reason that's a little bit worrisome <clears throat> is, well, first of all, if you're swimming 2.4 miles in open water, it, would be, it sure would be nice to have that added buoyancy of the wetsuit, the full body wetsuit, right? Um, it's essentially people look at it like a, like a little bit of a security blanket. Um, if you're tired, you can kind of just chill out on your pace and that buoyancy really just keeps you afloat and you don't have to work nearly as hard for some people. I'm going to put that, you know, I'll say that as well for some people, not everybody. Um, after speaking with my coach, if the water temperature is too high, which it's close and it could be 50, 50, the water temp is too high. Um, my coach and I both feel that I don't need to wear my wetsuit, um, for a couple of reasons. If I still choose to wear the wetsuit when it's wetsuit optional and not, not, um, <clears throat> it's not wetsuit legal, it's wetsuit optional. Then I have to start in the very back of the entire race regardless of pace, what would happen then is I would be swimming faster than a lot of people who plan to take their time and, and finish at that 17 hour mark. And I would be passing a lot of people on the bike. It would be congested on the bike. And I don't want to experience that. And I don't want to be out until midnight either. So I would not, I would choose to not wear my wetsuit if it were wetsuit optional. So I can start at a normal time and race with, um, you know, the athletes that are around my pace. Okay. So that's why I likely would not wear the wetsuit. Of course I'm bringing it because I hope that it's legal, but if it's not, I'm confident and I'll be fine. The only issue without the wetsuit is, um, there's a lot of jellyfish in the chop tank river right now, this time of year. And it's a little concerning because the more skin that you have exposed, the more, you know, the increased likelihood of, of getting a sting. 
And I'm going to be honest, it's not the end of the world if you get stung, right? Um, it's an Iron Man. It's not easy. If that's the worst thing that happens to me throughout the day, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, I'll take it. But um, of course, it's going to be a little less likely to get stung if you have a full wetsuit on. So, um, you know, you join these Facebook groups and people are talking and asking questions and giving feedback. And I'll be honest, it seems like every other post is somebody freaking out about the jellyfish, which is really annoying because it's not in our control. So I'm not going to worry about it. It does not bother me. Um, you know, conceptually, it doesn't bother me. I'm sure if a jellyfish attaches to my face and starts singing me, I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be pleased. But, um, you know, in theory, it's not something I'm worrying about because it's nothing I can control. And uh, the day the day goes on if there's jellyfish or no jellyfish. So you get in the water. It's three, two, one, go. Doesn't matter if there's a wetsuit or not. Doesn't matter if there's jellyfish or not. So um, out of my control. Moving on. I'm in the water. I will likely hope to finish the swim in 90 minutes. Um, that's about a 220 per 100 meter pace, um, which is way slower than I can swim. But um, all of the, you know, when you're swimming in open water, you have to sight buoys, you have to stay in a straight line. There's no blue line on the bottom of the pool to follow, you know. So you have, even though you move a little faster when you're in a wetsuit, and of course you're going to move faster when you have adrenaline too, but you have to account for some slight deviations in your actual swim. You're not going to swim in a perfect straight line. You're not going to swim exactly 2.4 miles. And I'm going to be honest, all the buoys are on the left. <laughs> for me, that's not good because I sight to the right. I breathe to the right. So I'm going to have to do my best to follow, follow the pack and not stray off to the side like I was doing in Eagle Man. In Eagle Man, same river, same city, same start point. I was a little bit off course, not crazy, not crazy at all, but a little bit off course because I'm not good at breathing to my left. So I chose to continue breathing to my right even though the buoys were on everybody's left, which just put me off course a tiny, tiny bit. That swim, I was still, you know, it was 1.2 miles, exactly half. And I was about 43 minutes. So I don't think 90 minutes is out of the question. I think it's doable. Um, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be super comfortable. It's going to be by far the longest I've ever swam in open water. Um, no, I'm sorry, not by far at all. I've definitely swam longer than 1.2, but I have not touched two and a half miles in uh, open water. But <clears throat> with the race, of course, adrenaline and I put in a lot of time in the pool. So and and in um, some open bodies of water out here. So I'm very confident in the water. I'm looking forward to enjoying the swim and feeling strong on the swim. And if that means I'm 100 minutes, then that's OK. Um, but my goal is 90 minutes. If I come in a little under, great. Um, but that's, that's the goal. So, um, I'm just going to take some notes here so I can let you guys see some, some key points in the, in the cast. So 90 minutes in the water, pop out of the water, head to the T1 bag, which is again, a little bit different. Strip the wetsuit, strip the swim cap, strip the goggles, dry off with the towel, put some socks and shoes on, grab nutrition, grab sunscreen, grab anything else you need, right? Um, and then my understanding is from there, you run into transition, grab your bike, and you're off. 
um, my goal for transitions, and this might be way off. Like I might be way off in saying this, but my goal is 15 total minutes. I don't I have no clue if that's way too high or way too low. I'm honestly only gauging that off of a friend that I tracked through the Ironman app recently who took about 10 minutes per transition. Now I know if you're, if you're a triathlete listening, you're going to know that that's way too long, like 10 minutes in a transition is too long. Um, but when you're completing an Ironman, what's the rush? Like I'm not qualifying for Kona. I'm not setting any world records. I'm just trying to enjoy the day and, and achieve a goal of mine is to complete an Ironman. Um, so I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to rush transition. I'm going to make sure that I'm set up well and I have my fuel and everything. And I'm hoping, again, I'm hoping my total transition time for the whole day is about 15 minutes. So seven and a half minutes for T1. Um, T2 should be a little, a little faster, right? Because you might change your socks and put your shoes on and then it's just three, two, one, go. So um, I anticipate T2 being a little quicker. So I'm going to take my time in transition one make sure I'm comfortable. Everything's good to go. I'm dried off as much as I can be and, um, take off in my new Pittsburgh triathlon tri kit. So, um, that's, that's the goal for transitions. Um, the bike course, oh man, this bike course is as flat as you can possibly imagine over the course of 112 miles. The total elevation change is about 300 feet total. That means there's no hills to climb, which is great, right? But it also means there's no hills to go down. There's no coasting whatsoever. So for 112 straight miles, unless you get off your bike, you're pedaling nonstop, which is a little different than what I'm used to. Because where I live out in Western Pennsylvania, there are nothing but hills out here. So I do a lot of climbing. I do a lot of coasting downhills. I rarely get that flat feel unless I'm on the trainer for a longer ride, which honestly I've done from time to time because I know it's applicable to this race, but, um, you know, it's not, it's not something you're used to when you're outside. So it's going to be a long ride. Um, I have created a goal for, um, for the ride portion. Um, first and foremost, the goal is to just remain comfortable. That is 100% my, my a goal. If I realize, you know, 80, 90 miles in 80 miles in, I'll say 70, 80, um, it's crazy to say 70, 80 miles in, but if I realize about 80 miles in that I'm feeling good, um, I do plan to hopefully finish the entire bike in about six hours. Um, I finished the bike, the 56 mile bike in Eagle man in about two forty-eight. Um, you know, so if I double that, then of course I'm 25 minutes under six hours, five thirty-five, five thirty-six. but, um, absolutely not. I will not be finishing the bike that fast. I will, cause I, I averaged about 20 miles per hour or so 21. And that was way too fast because I, um, I bonked on the run. And, um, I knew it during the first quarter mile of the run. I knew I rode too fast. So I will be hopefully averaging around 18, 18 and a half miles per hour. And what's nice about that is I'm coming into this race about 10 pounds lighter 
than when I raced Eagle Man. So not only will I be pulling back my intensity on the ride, um, but I'll also, I'll be, I'll be pulling back my intensity in terms of, um, my pace, my overall speed, but my intensity is also going to be dropped because my body doesn't literally doesn't weigh as much. So I, I should be able to travel. Technically I should be able to travel faster, uh, than I did in Eagle man because I weigh less, but I'm also going to, I'm going to take it back even a step further and say, um, that I don't want to travel faster because I just want to stay within myself and I want to honestly enjoy the run and enjoy the marathon and feel comfortable during the whole, whole entire race. When I'm on the bike, my nutrition plan. So I kind of missed this in the T1 In T1. I'm going to grab a salt tab. I'm going to grab a goo. That's all I'm grabbing. Um, likely no solids all day. I'm going to go salt tabs, goos. And then when I get to the run course, I'll use the, um, I'll use the fuel that they have on the run course. Um, but on the bike, I plan to ingest a salt tab, which is 250 milligrams of, uh, sodium once every hour. So about six salt tabs, uh, over six hours. And I plan to take a, a goo roctane gel every 45 minutes. So a little bit more frequent on the gels, um, get some carb in there, some more electrolytes, and also about a hundred calories per gel. So, um, I will be expending more calories than I'm consuming, but this is a plan that I've played with for quite a while. And it did not go well when I consumed an equal amount of calories that I was expending. I was very bloated. I couldn't run off the bike. So I will be dropping the total amount of calories consumed. Um, and I'm going to be sticking pretty strictly to my, um, salt tab and my goose. Um, in addition to that, my liquid fuel is, um, infinite nutrition. I've, it's a custom blend, with a bunch of carbohydrates, a bunch of electrolytes, decent amount of calories. Um, but small enough in that carb to electrolyte mix that it's not going to mess with my, um, GI function. So I'll still feel pretty good, pretty comfortable. And again, I've used this strategy a few times and um, I plan to have a, a sip about every 15 or 20 minutes, just one ounce, one quick swig of that. Um, I'm actually going to double saturate it. So it'll be a little bit extra and, um, you know, double saturated one ounce followed by a, a guzzle of water as, um, as much as my stomach can handle um, every 15 or 20 minutes. On the course, there are uh, eight stations every like 12 or 15 miles on the bike. So my goal is to finish my full water bottle of just water, which is my arrow water bottle in between my arms. Um, finish that between every aid station so I know I'm getting a ton of water in me. Um, and um, that's the bike. Hopefully around six hours. Again, any unforeseen circumstance, flat tire, mechanical issue, you know, hoping that everything goes well. It's very flat course. Everything should be fine. Unless of course, you know, there's some crash of some sort that stuff's unavoidable, but you don't plan for that. Right. So everything should go well around six hours would be great into transition to go grab the bag, change the socks, put on the sneakers. Um, I might have a pop tart in that bag just to kind of get me something tasty that I want. Um, let me backtrack quick. There's a, 
there's a special needs bag on the bike, bike course that you can put something in that bag and you can grab it up around mile 60 if you need it. If you don't need it, you just keep biking through. We're going to put an extra tube in there, some CO2 canisters. I'll probably throw a Pop-Tart in there if I'm dying, but I doubt I will be because 60 miles really isn't anything for me anymore. Um, I'll be feeling fine at that point, but if there's a mechanical issue, I'll have another, uh, another, um, another tube if I need it. So, um, that'll be on the special needs for the bike. I might put a pair of socks in there. I don't know. It's just, it's just like emergency stuff. If you run out of something or you need more fuel or something like that. So I don't really plan to rely on those, but I'm going to use them just in case I'm going to, I'm going to fill them just in case I need them in an emergency. Um, onto the run. I'm only going to bring gels and salt tabs with me on the run. I'm not carrying anything else. Put my belt on. It's going to have gels and salt tabs in it. That's it. Um, we're going to try to stick to about the same thing. Um, I'm going to be more focused on salt tabs because I'm going to lose a lot more sweat from running. Um, so I'm going to focus on the salt tabs once every hour, maybe a little bit more frequently if I'm really starting to sweat. The goose, I'm probably not even going to want to ingest. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. When I was doing Eagle Man on the run, I didn't want any, anything to do with a goo. I'll probably force one down in T2 if I can, uh, just to get some extra calories and also get those carbs. But I know I'm not going to really want the goo. So we'll see how that goes. I do plan to carry it. Um, and yeah, like I said, we'll see how that goes. But on the course, there's aid stations every mile with water, Red Bull, Coke. And I plan to use all of that. Throw a water on my face, grab a quick swig of Coke, wash it down with a quick swig of water onto the next one. I'm hoping to shuffle through that marathon at about a, and finish in about five hours. Um, you know, I can run a marathon in about four hours. So a five hour marathon is like 1125 or something like that. Um, I, I, I planned poorly and I paced poorly in Eagle Man and I still average like 1110. And again, I rode way too hard. So yeah, of course I'm riding another 56 miles, but if I really stay within myself on the bike, I'm confident that I can maintain around 11 for the marathon. But this is coming from someone who's never done an Ironman before, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I might be praying for 12. I might be praying for 12 minute miles. I might be praying for 13 minute miles. There's really no way to tell. Um, my goal, like I said before, is to enjoy the day. And these times that I'm sharing with you are really just like perfect scenario times where I enjoy the day. I race comfortably. I finish and that's about 12 and a half or 1245, you know, under 13 hours. And, um, and enjoy it, not just force myself through it, but enjoy it. So that's really, that's my goal. Um, I'm super excited to, you know, have, have accomplished what I, what I have already, um, just in the sport. And like I said, it, it honestly feels a little surreal, um, that I'm even getting after it this weekend. So, um, I've said this to a bunch of people already, but this is not, not even close to uh, the end for me. This wasn't like a, this wasn't like a one-time thing, like check the, check the box on, on life goals thing. I really, really enjoy the sport. I love the training. 
Um, I plan to go into a nice, a uh, heavy off season until about February. And I'm going to lift a little bit more and strengthen my posterior chain a little bit more. Um, and then I'll probably have about a four or five month prep for another 70.3 next season. And I can tell you right now, for sure, I'm not going to do another full Ironman, even if I love it, right. If I love it, if I hate it, whatever, I'm not doing another full for a few years. And biggest reason why is I still have some really young girls, you know, really young daughters and, um, probably going to have some more <laughs> and it's tough. It's a challenge. You know, I knew it would be a lot of training. I knew it would, but, um, you see it on paper with, uh, you know, how long you may need to train, how often you may need to train weekly for however many, you know, whether it's weeks, months, whatever. Um, but you don't really feel that <laughs> you don't really feel the effects of that until you have to wake up at 3am, you know, four Saturdays in a row, five Saturdays in a row. You have to wake up at 5am four days in a row in the week to get your workout in. Cause it's six, it's four hours, you know? Um, and that's a lot. And with the young kids, it's, you're kind of limited to when they're asleep, you know, because they're so small and they need you. And, um, you know, you, you do it when they're asleep because if you do it when they're awake, then it puts undue stress on, on your spouse. Right. So I don't want to do that to my wife. And I think I did a pretty good job at making sure I was operating in the dark for these past 10 months. And it's funny. I kind of tell people, uh, <laughs> If I didn't tell my wife I was training for an Ironman, she'd have no, no idea, <laughs> um, which is, which is probably a good thing. You know, um, family's number one, you got to prioritize family. And even though I, I decided to undertake this, this, uh, you know, this 10 months of, of consecutive and consistent training, I still put my family first and I'm really proud of that too. Um, I didn't, you know, that meant sacrificing in other areas and that was okay, you know, but, um, it is a lot. And I don't think I'm ready to mentally wrap my head around that again, anytime soon. So I know for sure it's going to be a few years before I, uh, get back after the full distance, but man, I loved the 70.3 distance and it's not difficult to train or it's not difficult. It's difficult to train, but it's not difficult to find the time for it. Um, it doesn't require nearly as much time, not even close, not even close. So, um, I think with the base fitness I have now for full distance, I can really attack that, uh, that half distance for the next year to a couple of years, to be honest. Um, and I am, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm not stupid. You know, I know what's in front of me. I have this weekend to get through. It's not that I'm looking past it for the next race, but, um, I'm only speaking to this because I know that this isn't the end for me with triathlon. I absolutely love it. And I plan to continue racing locally as often as I can. And also, you know, a half every now and then, and I just really enjoy the training. So I do look forward to like doing this again and putting a little bit more effort into it. Um, once, once my family's a little bit older, but for now I'm really happy with, uh, what I've done in the last 10 months, I'm really, really excited. And, um, it's cool to, it's cool that so many people listen to our, 
our podcast, mine and Mitch Pod's, Mitch's podcast. And I know that a lot of you guys follow both of us and it's just cool to have the support. So thanks for listening. Um, thanks for, you know, if, if you're an Ironman, if you're an Ironman Maryland uh, athlete, you know, give us a little comment, give us a shout and we'd love to chat with you or hear how, hear how your race goes. Um, so if you enjoyed this race prep, let us know. That's, that's what it looks like for me. That's what it looks like uh, for a, a little bit for everybody, all the athletes. So um, if you are racing, good luck. And um, thanks for, thanks for tuning in and checking out the, today's episode. So if you want to check out any other episodes, again, there's 38 others. You can head to hillpursuit.com, the daily blog about training, fitness, life, everything in between. It's always there. We post every day. Um, all the other links to these podcast episodes are also on the website. So go check it out. Um, you can always send us an email, ask a question, try to get involved, you know, um, just start a conversation through, through email. If you want Hill pursuit at Gmail, we would love to hear from you guys and then, um, leave a comment, like subscribe, all that stuff on all of our podcasts, please go back, listen, let us know what you think. But, um, in the meantime, check us out on social Facebook, Instagram at Hill pursuit. And again, Share with your friends, listen to these episodes, pass them along. We know that you do, and we appreciate that. So, Mitch, I know you're out there hunting, probably getting some good game, um, getting in some good workouts too, clearly. So um, we definitely missed you on this one. And uh, looking forward to the next episode. Uh, that's all I got. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.